0: chapter 2 verses 10 to 18. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family, so Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly I will sing your praise. And again I will put my trust in him. And again he says, Here am I, and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted.
1: Amen. Thank you, Jason.
0: All right, we've got to
1: do a, do a little check, system check here. Uh, we're going to talk about the humanity of Jesus. Uh, if you're not sitting by somebody, I'm sorry about this. But if you're sitting beside somebody, you get to pinch them. But if you're by yourself, you've got to pinch yourself. Are you alive? Are you alive? All right, you're, you're alive. You got some feeling there? And yes, I know our boarding is going so fast and our time is up but let's be patient. I get you out early, you just stand out there and talk anyways, right? So, it might as well just take a few more minutes here as we think about the humanity of Jesus Christ, because it gets overlooked. It gets overlooked, and it is not given much consideration. And as you think about Jesus, he took upon himself the seed of Abraham. Yes, the Abraham, clearly back in the Old Testament. And yes, this seed of Abraham, meaning that what? Jesus, the human. Jesus, the man. And even if you read in the Gospel of Matthew, he traces Jesus back to Abraham, the father of all who have faith. Father Abraham, amen? The hero of faith. Jesus was made man and he faced every temptation and he overcame each and every temptation that was thrown at him and that Satan brought before him. Jesus was perfect because why? He is the Son of God. Son of God, but yet the seed of Abraham. Man, but yet perfect. Human being, but yet sinless. A man amongst other men Living amongst sinful men and seductive women, but yet sin-free. Sin-free, and this makes him able to do what? To deliver everyone. doesn't matter where they are. Jesus is a deliverer. Jesus delivers. It doesn't matter wherever you may be. It doesn't matter whenever it is. When you're tempted, Jesus is going to be there to deliver you. If you want to be delivered. If you're ready to be delivered, if you're tired of that temptation, Jesus is ready to deliver you. And I ask that you repeat after me. Jesus is our deliverer. we will going to do it again, but this time it's Jesus is my deliverer. Absolutely, he sure is. It's not the pastor, he's no deliverer. The pastor is no savior or church or church program or children's ministry or youth ministry or any type of ministry. The pastor does not do it. It takes a body of Christ allowing the Holy Spirit to lead them with a spiritual leader that allows the Holy Spirit to work. Let me tell you about the humanity of a pastor. It goes like this. There's 12 reasons that a pastor quit attending sporting events. There's 12, and it's part of his humanity, or her humanity. Number one, the coach never came to visit me. Number two, every time I went, they asked for more money. Number three, the people sitting in my row weren't friendly. Number four, the seats are hard. Number five, the referees made a decision, and I didn't agree with it. Number six... I was sitting with the hypocrites. They all came just to see what everyone else was wearing or talking about. Number seven, some games went into overtime, and I got home late. The band, yeah, the band, they played some songs I'd never heard before. The games are scheduled on my only day off. The day when I sleep in, the day I run errands, the day I get to stay up late, They schedule the games. My parents, can you believe my parents took me to too many games when I was growing up? Number 11, since I read a book upon sports, I feel that I know more than the coach. And number 10, I don't take my children to ball games because I want them to choose for themselves what sport they like best. The humanity of a pastor and why he doesn't attend sporting events. You know, God in his mercy, he still loves us. God in his mercy, he loves
0: humanity.
1: Sometimes we wonder why, right? We even wonder why God would love ourselves. Why he'd love any one of us. But the Almighty God appeared to Abram, He spoke to Abraham about his future, about the future seed. The seed meaning descendants. Scripture uses the word seed throughout as a reference to descendants and a family tree and how it all comes from the root. The Apostle Paul, even, in the New Testament, explains that all believers through Christ are, ready, Abraham's seed and therefore are God's children's and heirs, That Old Testament and that Old Covenant with Abraham is fully fulfilled through the birth, life, death, and resurrection of God's one and only Son, and His name is Jesus. Yes, the same Jesus that was born in the manger. Our scripture reading today began there in Hebrews 2.10. It began by describing Jesus... Depending on what translation you read, it will say pioneer, a pathfinder, a captain. Of what? Of our salvation. Not his, his to give, but for our salvation. A pioneer, a pathfinder, a captain of our salvation. Meaning that Jesus is the leader, the one and only leader. Jesus remained perfect throughout all of his sufferings, throughout all his life. He endured the sufferings, and then he triumphed. He triumphed over sin and death and Satan. He conquered it all for you and for me. Jesus, even in his humanity, in his humanity as a model, as our leader and our captain, he is the one that you must follow. Period. Yes, you must follow him closely. Period. Closely following your Lord and Savior. Period. But we know not everybody follows. Not everybody follows closely. And not everybody's going to closely follow. Amen. And that's the truth. Deny it if you want. But that is the truth. Because they're all around us. They're up and down these streets. They're in every single church. Actually, there's too many of them. Too many that follow Jesus only when it's convenient. Too many as we look around and remind ourselves. We cannot follow Jesus if we're not in a place that guides and directs us and encourages us. We're not in a place where we're with his word and we're in a place of prayer and scripture reading. It's kind, of hal- kind, of hal- kind of hard to follow Jesus sometimes in this life, in this world. The world offers so much. But yet it's hard to follow anyone when you've got other things in front of you, right? When you have the other desires of the flesh, whatever it may be the brown bottle, the bottomless wine glass, whatever it is for you, I've never ever heard someone say I found Jesus at the bottom of a beer can. I never had anyone say that. Nope, never have. I don't expect to either. But Jesus in his humanity and in his being God has a passion He still has a passion for you. A passion for you to be His follower. For you to follow closely. No matter what happens, no matter what you've done, no matter what's going on, are you going to follow Him closely? There in verse 11, the New King James Version says it like this, Both He, Jesus, who sanctifies And those who are being sanctified are all one. Jesus who sanctifies. And those who are being sanctified are one. It goes into verse 12, which is actually a quote from Psalm 22. Where is it, my brethren? Or my brothers and sisters? Jesus will identify with those who place their faith in God. Has your faith been placed in God? It is only then that Jesus will fully reveal himself. It is only then that we can fully understand the grace of God. So why is the humanity of Jesus so important? The short answer, and right to the point is, so he could destroy the devil. So that he can destroy the devil. Because we can't do it. But Jesus has. And whatever devil hold that's on you right now, Jesus wants you to trust him and call upon him and allow him to destroy it for you. But yet, let me remind you that you're going to go to that ne- next level of spirituality. You're going to go to that next level of commitment to Jesus Christ. New level, new devil. New level, new devil. And that's a promise. Because the devil isn't done working. He's not going to give up. He's tenacious. He's a killer. Destruction is his middle name and he'll do whatever he can to destroy you and your family, to destroy the church, to destroy ministry. But yet we have Jesus. We have Jesus. Verse 14 says, since the children have flesh and blood, meaning you and I, we have flesh and blood, of course. We all have feeling. We tested that with the, uh, pinching yourself or pinching your neighbor. It says, he too shared, meaning Jesus, Shared in in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. And that is the devil. Jesus raises us up to give us the strength and energy that we need. Jesus in his humanness, he knew every trick, He knew every backstabbing way and backbiting way. He knew every sweet-talking word the devil could ever use. And he knows that the devil uses the fear of death to enslave men and women day after day, year after year, to enslave us as men, women, and children. The devil uses that fear of death so that we live in a state of doing nothing. Instead of serving the Lord, instead of facing our challenges, instead of doing ministry, we're living over here, shaking in our boots, living in fear. And that's devil's trick. That's part of his playbook. When those who, who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death, So Jesus had to do something about that fear of death, so he took it away. He took it upon himself, and our Savior lives. He lives so that we can live as well. Verse 16 says, For surely it is not angels he helps. He doesn't come to help angels. Jesus came to rescue the what? The descendants. Abraham's descendants. He came to rescue us. As it says in verse 17, for this reason he had to be made like them. He had to be made like them. He had to be made like us. He had to come fully human in every way in order that he might become merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. For all the descendants, for every generation, for every child, for every child that will ever, ever be conceived, Jesus has made atonement. In His humanity, still being God, knows you. You, fully. He knows when you hit whatever button, whenever you hit the breaking point, when you yield to glutton, the porn channel, the TikToks, the sexisms, the messages, the videos, the pictures. Maybe that's all a little too new for you, but he knows the old-fashioned stuff as well, the magazines, the deceit, the things done in darkness, the whiskey bottle, the verbal abuse, the physical abuse. You name it, he knows it. But Jesus wants to free you. He wants you to follow him closely. Closer you follow him, the better off we are because he's so close and we're hungry for him. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. As a church, it is hard for us to get into this mindset or get into the position where we really need the Lord because we have our lives so neat and tidy. Neat and tidy does not get into heaven. But I had the opportunity, as I mentioned, that friend of mine, Brian, beaten to death outside the bar. Lived his life since he was six years old, in trouble with the law and in all those places. But that funeral home was full with all the tough guys that any community could muster. That whole bar crowd was in that funeral home, and there was no more seating room. And they was ready, and they listened, and they heard a message of hope and love and of God, and they clung to it. Afterwards, I never had so many big guys come up and shake my hand and tell me, Thank you for that message. I'm so glad sharing those stories of how you were there for Brian. When that 45 magnum or that 44, whatever it was, he loaded and stuck to his head and it didn't go off. They even reminded me of some things I forgot. Brian showed up at church and he was always the first one on this side, my, my left side, always the first one. Doesn't matter who, how many people was in church. He's right here learning and he was hungry, asking questions, wrestling with life and why he was here. And they reminded me that he was court ordered to be at church, and I forgot about that, and I forgot about the papers I had to sign for the court system that he had to take back. So, yep, I was in church on Sunday. But God's God's going to do whatever it takes for you to find answers, so that you can follow Him more closely. Those were all God moments, and that Friday morning, I was blessed by that moment and that those, those guys, those family members, the rough of the rough, but they just cling to every word because they too are searching. They needed a message of hope as well. That's ministry. In those life moments when we're questioning things, when we're bringing our questions to the altar And we'll open the Bible with our questions. What's this mean, Lord? What's my life worth? Who am I? Who are you? There's so much ministry that needs to be done out there. And I hope that you're going to be willing to do those things that God calls calls upon you. And it may come 10, 11 o'clock at night with that phone call. and You're not going to know the number. You might let it go to voicemail. But are you going to be brave enough to call them back? Say, what's up? Let us pray. Oh, Lord. The Bible verse this month is so fitting asking us, what does the Lord require of me to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with my God? Lord, I lift up your church, and I pray for them right now. There's ministry before us that they are not able to see. There's ministry before them that they've never done, and this is a new year. So, Lord, I'm praying for the Holy Spirit to grant us the opportunity to see and the boldness to do what we've never done. Lord Jesus, it begins right in our own hearts. Whatever those things are, whatever those temptations are, we've got to clean our own doorstep, we've got to do house cleaning, and we give thanks that we're able to come to the table today to receive from the table so that you can do that house cleaning, Jesus, so that we can do ministry. I do pray for those that weren't here today. I pray for those who are watching and listening. I pray that others would join in or watch later today and that you'll bless them and lead them and that we'll get on board in the unity of thy Holy Spirit to do the work, the holy work, not just work, the holy work, the eternal work that is before us, before our time is too short, before we breathe our last breath, before our time is done. Lord Jesus, this I pray in the name of, the, of our Lord, Father God, in the name of Jesus, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let us turn... or